0: Amen. Thank you, Milligan. Man, I love that song. What a joy it is to be here this morning. And uh, we do echo uh, what uh, everyone else has said about mothers. Matter of fact, I want all of you, if you will, to turn with me to the first book of the Bible, the beginning, Genesis. And we're going to look at that on this day. You know, As Andrew mentioned a while ago about uh, teachers and others, there are many special days of recognition that we have on our calendars. Uh, Days to recognize teachers, farmers, firefighters, and soldiers. Days for doctors and nurses, pastors, and police officers. But there are a few days that stand above the rest. Mother's Day is definitely one of those days. You know, all of us are special, whether we are a teacher or a nurse, a firefighter, a banker, uh, someone who is retired, someone who has been uh, a homemaker, someone uh, who is just a member of society. All are special, just different. I used to have a boss that when someone would ask him a question dealing with contrasting answers, contrasting items, he would answer, oh, it's just the same thing, only different. And over the years, I would say that to my children, and they would always look at me real funny. How can it be the same thing, only different? Well, it was always kind of a smart aleck, kind of funny answer. But today we find that it's possible. We would simply walk around when he would answer us looking totally confused and still not having an answer on how to proceed. Well, that is the way we are today. Who do we, who do we make the most special? Do we elevate mothers above fathers? We have a Father's Day coming up in June. We have Grandparents Day. and Without grandparents, we don't have parents. And uh, without farmers, we don't eat, and without doctors and nurses, we stay sick, and without pastors and without this and without that. But the truth is, without God, we have nothing. Today I want us to look at the first chapter of Genesis at the Imago day, or the creation of God. Look with me in Genesis chapter one, verse 26. And God said, and may I say, all scripture is given by God. He breathed it, inspiration. The Holy Spirit breathed into man. It was not the dictation theory where they literally sat down as uh, uh, trance typewriters. God used their personalities. You can read Peter And you can read Luke and know there is a vast difference in writing style. We see the Old Testament written in Hebrew and Chaldean. We see the New Testament written in Koine Greek, and yet God brings all of that together and all the different authors, and he spoke those words into those writers' lives. God spoke it. But here, it's even more special, if you will, For we begin this context in creation, the sixth day, God said. Now, that is the picture of all creation, is it not? And God spoke, and there was light. And God spoke, and there were animals. And God spoke Oh, the power in the spoken word of God. God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. Cattle, creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after his kind, And it was so. Now I want to tell you something. I want to stop this totally off topic maybe, but I want to tell you something right now in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of everything we're going through, no matter what you're facing, if God says it, then it's so. It is so. Uh, We always say you can take that to the bank. I'm going to tell you, you don't even need an earthly bank. You don't need anything else. All you have to do, you know, someone once said, Uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Dr. Charles Stanley said it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. If God said it, it's settled. It's settled in heaven. There are a lot of people going through life saying, oh yeah, I, I believe the Bible, but do you believe in and through it and all of what God has said? Because if you look at our lives, many of us, most of us at most times don't give any evidence that we believe what God has said. And so it was. In verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. You know, God knew we would be kind of thick, a little slow. And so he repeated it twice in one verse. God created man in his own image In his own image, God created he him. Male and female created he them. How have we gotten so far off that truth? How have we allowed culture to so permeate even the very pews of our church to adulterate what God's word says? God created man and woman in his image, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. As I mentioned the Latin phrase, and I don't speak Latin, one here that could probably help me much more with that subject. But the whole title, Imago Dei, literally means in the image of God. And yet it has become a school of thought that is in and around many times and in some world religions and uh, denominations, even perverted that. I'm going to tell you, we don't need an axiom, and we don't need a special dogma, uh, dogmatism. We don't need any more ideas more than what God says. God said, I created man and woman in my image. And so I want us to see today that we're all this, on Mother's Day, Father's Day coming, I can remember being young where I thought, when's Children's Day? But on every other day, that's exactly right. And I love the grandparents' day, even though I am not one right now. Thank the Lord. But I see the appreciation, I see the greatness of those days. I'm so thankful for pastor appreciation, and I'm thankful to see how our church and others in our community appreciates those who are on the front lines Fighting and working in hospitals right now and working as first responders. But I want you to understand we're all the same in the image of God, yet we're all different. But one thing we must understand if we're going to grasp the depth of that confusing paradox, then we must understand it all starts with God. It all starts with God. God is the creator. God is the creator. There's nothing created. God didn't create. Do you know that? Whether it's the law of gravity with Newton, or whether it's the law of physics, or whether it's the law of relativity uh, with with Einstein and with all these other great thinkers, whatever they have uh, come up with, do you understand? All of it was discovered, not invented that it all existed prior to them even living. There were times where they thought there were only somewhere roughly around a 1,000 stars in our universe. And yet now we've found that there are universes and universes out there between us and God. And all of those those, uh, stars and and planets and uh, all, uh, last night I went out and sat and watched some of, uh, the trail of the meteor show, and just sat there on the back deck amazed. And above all that, God. God is creator, first in all things. In all things. When you study the law of first principles, you understand. You know, at ball games or whatever it may be, we're so competitive in the United States, we're so competitive, we've taken it down to I've seen now four- and five-year-olds at t-ball games doing bat flips. We're so competitive that we've got to wag the number one. We're number one, we're number one. But we need to understand there's only one number one, and he's God. Always has been and always will be. And when you're first in all things, you see, we like it because you become the authority. When they hand the Super Bowl winning team uh, uh, that trophy at the end of the Super Bowl, when they have more points than the other team, then they get to retain that trophy for a year. But at the end of the year, they play that game again. And usually, unless you're in the 70s and played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you relinquish that trophy to another team. Every year they play a national championship in baseball and football and and basketball except for 2020 when we miss March Madness. But at the end of it, we even build brackets hoping that our team will be number one. They may be in college sports. They may be number one in the political affiliations, they may be number one in finances, but no one will ever be number one above God. You see, if we can become number one in our minds, then we can relegate God to a non-existence in our minds so that we don't need God because we become so self-dependent, we become our own authority and no one can tell us anything. That's the society we live in Today, listen to me, ladies. I love my mother, and I'm thankful for my wife being an unbelievable mother to our two children. I've been so thankful for the mothers that have played such an integral part in my life and love me like their own. But there is no mother above God, no mother, no matter how special. No matter how good she can cook, and no matter what she does for you, she'll never be number one. And the greatest of all mothers is the mother who understands she's not God. For God is the creator. Number two, we need to understand when it all starts with God, we are the created. We have been called. God created man. God created we, God has the ability we don't. We can't just speak. How many times did God re- remind men and women throughout the Bible? He asked Job, He said, Can you do the things that I can do? He reminded Jonah that he was over those things which were above ground and those things which were under. He was in charge of the animals. We saw him do it with a donkey and Balaam. We saw him do it with lions and Daniel. We saw him do it with whale and Jonah. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and it's never wrong because he's God. I don't know about you, but that's liberating. It's liberating to know that there's never going to be a day where I'm going to wake up and have the responsibility to be God. And in this pandemic, we wonder and we stress and we wring our hands. Is it too early to start back? Should we have already started back? All these different questions. I'm telling you, we must let go and let God. Now, there's a point in that where we have to step out in faith. We must pray and we must trust him, but we must always remember God created. And who did he create? He created man and woman. And he felt it very instinctively important to not just mention man. He said, I made man in my image. In my image did I create him. And when he does that, he refers to him as male and female. Now, God didn't have his genders mixed up. He was not fixing a statement. He was telling us that he created man and woman in his image. David even tells us in this creation that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That God didn't just do it recklessly. And you know, we we often joke, there's this one animal. And I love to watch all the nature shows and the animal shows and Man, one of my bucket lists is to go ride through Yosemite and ride through Yellowstone and see all of those great North American animals that I have not seen walking and eating and living in the wild. But there's this one animal in our world that just, there's a lot of, but this one especially just doesn't look like it fits. That's a platypus. And a platypus looks like God looked over in the bin when he made all the animals, and he said, oh, well, I've, I've got a duck bill left, and well, there's a beaver tail left, and man, we've got some parts for a possum. Let's just stick them all together, and hey, Adam, what do you think? He said, looks like a platypus to me. But the truth is, that's not what happened. God made it extinctly important. For its time. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't wait. When I get to heaven, I'm going to say, God, I need to understand why ants and why gnats. I don't understand. I, do y'all under, I don't understand it. But what I do know is God created man in his image. And here's where it gets really, really fun. Something I want you to really, really understand right here. First of all, we're cr- created equal. In his image. This is where the same part comes in. Man and woman created equal in his image. Now, what does God look like? We know that even when God came walking by Moses, that Moses could not take the glory of God. Being in the fallen state, the only ones to have ever really seen him face to face and walk with him in, in such a way in sinlessness was Adam and Eve prior to the fall. But then when God came walking in the cool of the day, after they had sinned, they had to hide themselves because of God's holiness. We can't fully comprehend in our earthly feeble attempts at the majesty and glory of the image of God. But what we can do is look at our wives and our mothers. We look at our children and our husbands. We can look at our neighbors. We can look at the children and the teachers and the firefighters. We can look at the Indian, both Native American and from India. We can look at the Ethiopian and the Somali, and we can look at those from South Africa and South America and Central America and those from all over Europe. We can take all the DNA tests and we can look and see where our ancestors have come from. The one thing that we can all agree on biblically is we all came from one place. That is the image of God. And so this puts us in a quandary because we come to a point in our life where we and usually it is a learned behavior, we look at other classes, we look at other races, we look at other genders, we look at other people, and we see them as being somehow less or more important than we are. But the truth is, when we come before the, the, the very presence of the Creator, we are all equal, equally created in His image. And in so doing, we're equal in value. Now I want to remind you of something. Do you know it's only been roughly 100 years since women received the freedom to vote in the United States of America? That before that time, women were not even allowed. And our, uh, our dear brothers of color and sisters of color, they've only been allowed to vote for ro- roughly 55, 60 years. America is a work in progress. But the church, we must understand better than anyone else the, the equality of value in all human life. Do you know, I had a dear friend of me express, I was sharing with him about this. He said, you know, when it comes to the image of God, he said, I want to tell you what I believe has been one of the main reasons why we have courted, legalized, and embraced abortion in America. He said, for so long, men, young men, and oftentimes boys, they have in their promiscuity conceived a child out of wedlock with a girl and the boy could go back home. He could go back to doing whatever. And the girl had a scarlet A written upon her and she was an outcast and a reject of society. But the boy just continued on doing whatever. And where we have, re- uh, have sown to that wind in America, we have reaped the whirlwind in that to level the playing field, we have legalized abortion so the girl can have her freedom as well. The truth is, that boy, the Bible says, that does not provide, that does that in fornication and does not provide, does not follow up. Even though God can forgive and correct, there's always consequences to sin, always. But those who will not provide are worse than an infidel. Listen, we're equal in value. Do you know, and it's Mother's Day, do you know that the numbers Are not even close, not even in the same area code when it comes to the amount of females versus males that are trafficked in human trafficking. It is the female. It is the young girls that go missing. It is the girls that are sold for the pleasure of men. Listen, harems, And making women dress to where you can't see anything, uh, I mean, at all. Now, there are parts, listen, young ladies, there are parts you need to cover up. But when we relegate and denigrate women by not allowing them equal rights when it comes to voting, equal rights speak, listen, there are even in our own in our own realm of influence, those who would keep women under their thumb that they do not stand in equality of value. But God's word says here, I created man and woman in my image. Now hold on. All the women are like, amen. It's about time you said that, preacher. We're going to get to all the rest of the story. You see, we're In his image, equal. Equal in value, but also equal in sin. Men, God cursed Adam in his sin. Ladies, God cursed Eve in hers. Both of them culpable. Both of them sin. And every single one of us were born of that Adamic sin. Every single one of us except for one, who was God come in the flesh, in the person of Jesus Christ. We're equal in sin. We're both cursed. We're all cursed. That's why we know the ground is level at the foot of the cross. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The most moral, caring Providing mother in this world must bend her knee, bow her head, and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior pleading for forgiveness and be saved if we expect to see her in heaven. Being a good mother, being a wonderful, sweet, precious grandmother that everybody loves will not get you to heaven. Do you know Jesus had to make a very clear line for his own earthly mother to understand there was a difference in him being her son and him being her savior. At one point he calls her mother and at another point he calls her woman to show that there is a difference that she must understand he was not there just at her bidding to do special tricks, but he had a purpose that he had to come to fulfill the plan of the Father because even though she was a woman chosen by God above all other women, a virgin, a virtuous woman, a true Proverbs 31 woman, Mary was born into sin. I thought about that whole Proverbs 31 woman. What right did Solomon have to say anything about a virtuous woman? From his own mother to the wives, hundreds of wives that he had, of which was his fault. We can blame, oh, it was them women of false gods and Wrong countries, but he allowed it. But I think Solomon, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, maybe it was a yearning. Maybe it was a letter expressed to his son of, dude, man, don't do what I've done. That's the kind of woman you want. That's the kind of person you need. You see, when we're created in his image and equal in value because of Adam and Eve's rebellion, we're equal in sin and in need of salvation. We all need Jesus. Red, yellow, black, and white, they're precious in his sight. Jesus died for all mankind. We see it. At Pentecost, when the disciples stand and they preach in different languages, God overpowers them, overcomes them so that they begin to speak languages they don't even understand. But it is languages for the world, for the nations, so that they may hear the gospel and be saved. And they took the gospel back with them. There when Philip climbed up in the chariot With an Ethiopian eunuch, he did not understand scripture, but Philip said, let me tell you about Jesus. He began to expand and explore and to show him what the gospel was through the Old Testament and into the New. And the Ethiopian cried out and was saved. The Philippian jailer. Over and over and over again, we see those of Gentile nations as well as Jews except the Lord because we're all equal in need of salvation to the Jew and to the Greek, to the Jew and to the Gentile, to the barbarian. We need Jesus. We're equal in need of strength. Listen, mamas. Now we'll pass the mother part. Mamas, stop trying to do it on your own. Trust the one who made you. Trust the one who made your children in his image. Listen, we must turn our children over. We must turn our needs over. We stand, men and women alike. Listen, men, we're guilty on one side. Women are guilty on the other of thinking we can fix it. We'll just do more. We'll work harder. We'll get up earlier, stay up later. Listen, we're in need of his strength. The one who has inexhaustible uh, strength, he can do it all. And equal in need of wisdom. Boy, I need a dose of this. And I will be honest with you. A spoonful of wisdom often tastes like the worst medicine you could ever take. And though it's bitter to our lips, it's sweet to our soul. We all, women and men alike, all these that are on these special days, I'm going to tell you something. Police officers, firefighters, nurses, doctors, we heard the governor of New York City say it was not God. I'm going to tell you something but God. Nothing can happen. Nothing. He was not holding that press conference without God. And to deny the power of God in it does not make it any less true that God is the power and authority over it all. We're equal in need of wisdom. But you know we're equal in opportunity to be everything God's called us to be. It's up to us. Are we willing to surrender? Are we willing to say, As Samuel, you know, he he kept hearing this, Samuel, Samuel, and all of us, if you're saved, you're somewhere in your life, you're going to hear God call you by name. And Samuel kept going to Eli. Yes, master, what do you need? He said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. About the third time, he's like, you ate too much pizza. Go back to bed. But he said, if it comes again, You need to understand, Samuel, that's not me calling you. That's the Lord. You need to answer him. And God in his faithfulness said Samuel again. And Samuel echoed the words. Isaiah echoed those words in Isaiah 6 when the Lord says, who will go? Our answer must be as Samuel. Here am I, Lord, send me. It must be as I Isaiah said, here I am, Lord, use me. Whatever God wants, however he wants, whenever he wants, we're equal in opportunity when it comes to the Lord. Now, you say, well, women don't get paid as much as men. I don't know, I'm not a woman. And I know there's there's a lot of things that are still unequal where it needs to be equality. But what I do know when it comes to the Spirit of God there is nothing in God's economy that makes you less than anyone else in opportunity of surrender. You say, well, you just don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what everybody else has gone through, but we do know where Jesus went through. He went through the cross, through the tomb, and is back seated at the right hand waiting on you to bring all your prayers and petitions before him. But then, not only does it all start with God, But we must understand that though same only different means not less, but different. Not less. Women are not to walk one step behind or one step ahead. I heard someone say many, many years ago at a marriage service, and I use it all the time, that when God created Eve from Adam, That God did not take a bone out of Adam's foot, for he never meant for the man to lord and step over the woman. Nor did he take a bone out of Adam's head or his neck, for he never meant for the woman to lord over the man. But he took it out right in the middle. He took out a rib and created Eve. For they were to walk together, to leave and to cleave. And God did, officiated the first wedding. And men and women to serve together in partnership, in, in unity. Not in a contract, but a covenant, loving one another. As, I, as Ephesians 5 tells us, not less, different. Now, before you get all tied up with this, I don't want to be different. I wanna be. I don't I don't wanna be all that. That's what we all are trying to do. We buy different clothes, we buy different shoes. Some people like to wear Nikes. They wanna they want to be part of the, the Nike generation and just do it. And, and and others are part of the street three-stripe life, and they want to have the certain look with Adidas, and some like the old. The old Chuck Taylors, they want to, you know, the old, original, white, or black, or some want to be skater boys and wear Vans, or some, it's flip-flops all the time. I I mean, if it's 36 degrees, it's going to be flip-flop weather. Because we have our own styles, our own look. We drive our vehicles, we buy what we think we can be different in. Until you buy one, you hadn't seen one, you see 12 the first week. Listen, we're different in calling. God didn't call Adam to deliver babies. He called Eve to do it. He called Adam to be the head of the family. Men are called, women are called in spiritual giftedness but different roles. None are more important than the others. It takes them all. The Bible tells us Paul uh, uh, really emphasized the fact that we're one body, many members functioning together. But what happens? I've got a picture of my great-grandfather standing out in front of his old store. And he's standing there, and you notice right away in his old country stance with his overalls on, his hat kicked back, that he's missing an arm. And I can remember... My dad telling me and my granddad telling me or my grandmother how he lost his arm in a cotton gin. And he was never the same after that. He could still do a lot of things, but he was incomplete. He was missing that part of what he was born with. And he did well and lived to old age through that. But the truth is, when the body of Christ is not fully functioning together, working together, Listen, we need men and women both in the nursery. We need men and women both teaching Sunday school classes. We need men and women both leading people to Christ and discipling young believers. We are different in calling, and we're different in experience. Jeremiah 13, 23 says, Hey, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Can he? You know, I love the old question is a zebra black with white stripes or white with black stripes? I don't know. I know they're black and white striped, and I know that's the way God made them. God made the Ethiopian, God made the leopard. And I want you to understand God made you unique in His image to be the same among all others created in His image, but different in your role in life and your experience, the physical existence and experience. We have perverted this. We have perverted it beyond measure in the things. We have have taken letters and lined them out to be this, this acronym of all these special things, and now we say that everything should be gender neutral. I'm telling you. He, God, created he and her, man and woman, Adam and Eve, in his image. That's it. That's it. We're different in experience and physical existence. And you know, you can have all the changes you've done. You can have the surgeries. You can take the medicine. But you will have always been born the way you were born, and you cannot change that. And then, not less, but different in structure. Do you know, throughout Scripture, here in the first three chapters, we see the first government, human government. And then we see through the judges and then the kings and through other ruling parties, we see civil government. And they are those who judged And those who would be judged. And we saw that there were governors and there were councils and there were all this this, uh, structure put into place so that civilization would exist because without laws, it's anarchy. There must be laws. And every law, don't don't, listen, in, in this time, and there are some civil rights that are being trampled all over. Because people don't know what to do. Some know what they want to do. And yes, there are civil rights, but do you understand when it comes to the end of the day and no one's looking and you're laying on your face before God, you really have no rights? None. For you have been bought with a price. You are not your own. One day you'll die. What you can do is trust the Lord. Listen, there's human government, civil government, and there's church government. And I want you to get this. The truth is that men and women exist for the glory of God. Men and women are equal in creation, equal in sin and the offer of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Both men and women can accept Jesus Christ the exact same way resulting in salvation and an equal giving of the Holy Spirit. Such things as spiritual gifts and blessings. God does not put women's prayers on hold to hear from men first. Wayne Grudem, in his book, Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, wrote that if God thinks us to be of equal value, then that settles forever the question of personal worth. For God's evaluation, listen to this, for God's evaluation is the true standard of personal value for all eternity who God says you are. There are people today that feel undervalued and unloved. I'm here to tell you today, God loves you. You are valued in the economy of God. He created you in his own image. Listen, One of the main attacks on biblical manhood and womanhood in today's society is that of egalitarianism. This is where the legalism has swung completely the other way. I mean, it has infiltrated the Southern Baptist Convention. This is a belief system that holds as truth man and woman existing as more than equals by ultimately submitting to one another in all areas and avenues of life. Now you say, that sounds about right. Hold on. This view is flawed by lack of proper examination of Scripture. So, but doesn't the Bible say in Ephesians 5.21 that we're to submit to one another? Absolutely. But this idea of submission one to another is much more. This interpretation is taken out of context in that it fails to consider other grammatical references of the same nature in other verses. God made man and God made woman. And He made men for certain things and women for other things. And the things that He made for women are not less than men. And the man is not less than the woman. We're just different. But it's okay. The reason for this view of manhood and womanhood is found in the belief of monism. This terrible, I mean, this leads to all ideas of of relativism and pluralism. This belief, monism, meaning all things are one, grows out of a pantheistic idea of God in this world. The main problem with this is that it centers all of its attention on mankind with no thought for God personally and positionally. This is where we end up with homosexuality. This is where we end up with transgenderism. This is where we end up with abortion and all these other things that no one can tell anyone anything about what to do. This stance forgets that we're all derivative of God. We're all derivative. Men and women are God's creation and as such are created for His glory not our own. Men and women were created equal but different. God created each with distinct gender differences. And as such, God has given men and women differing roles in the family and society. And to combat this, Satan has propagated all of this nonsense in civil and human rights to try to promote that we are not who God says we are. And so, let me end with this. You see, we are created in the image of God. And we all are equal in value. Equal in that creation. We all stand in need of His salvation equally. And as such, once we're saved, we stand in need of His strength and wisdom. But we're different in our spiritual giftedness. All of us equally gifted in opportunity, but different in aspects of that giftedness, different in experience and structure. But one thing I want you to remember, as it all starts with God, it will all end with God. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son." That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus walking in flesh made lower than the angels was different, yet the same in that he was still 100% God. We must understand that he did that for you and me. I hope today encourages you to be everything God's called you to be. Not some prideful trip of, hey, man, I'm, I'm in the image of God. I can do whatever I want, however I want, and I'm the most special thing there is. You are very special. You're, you're so special. God's loved you you're, through your sinfulness and sent his son because, not because you're special in a good way, but because of your sin. Listen, our creation begins and will end in God. And what we do with him is up to you. I pray you have a best Mother's Day you've ever had. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the only way you can have the greatest Mother's Day of them all is to fall on your knees right now and pray that the Lord would show you just how valuable you are to him that you would ask him to forgive you, change you, save you. And if you're not living up to the fullest value that he created you for, it's time to surrender your life and be everything God's called you to be. Women, you matter to God. Men, you matter to God. Everyone created in the image of God equally. But in that equality, we all need a Savior. May God bless you. Man, I'm excited to see you next week at 10.30. You'll be getting more information this week through our website uh, and through uh, e-news and Constant Contact. But we're praying for you. You pray for us. And I pray that you have a most blessed Mother's Day and a great week. May God bless you.